Hey, it's Aaron. And I'm Sarah. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Oh, hello, friends. Oh, hello. We're here. I almost said we're here. We're queer. <laughs> we're not uh, both queer. Um, but that's fine. I mean, we're queer as in the we're weird kind of way, but not in the digging, actual definition you're of queer. You're digging yourself into a hole. Yeah, but, you know, it felt <laughs> it felt good to explain myself a little bit. You know, just right off the gate offending people and then pulling it back. It's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. Aaron, don't be weird. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's probably the amount of sugar I've consumed today. Oh, it could be. Um, or the taquitos I just... The taquitos? The taquitos? I don't know. The, uh, MSG has gotten to my head. That could be. <laughs> I don't know if it has MSG, but it tastes like it does. I'm sure it does. For certain. <laughs> For certain. I'm just gonna say, MSG, is it really that bad? Well, hopefully not, because I'm pretty sure there's a hundred thousand <laughs> pounds of it in my system, so... Yeah. Well, we have no updates is what we realized. We have no like true crime updates unless you have true crime updates, in which case we need you to send them to us at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com or follow us on the Facebook and the Instagram at 31 nights of scary shit and tell us. Um, I'm trying to get better with the social media. I did like an Instagram story and like. You should turn over some of that. It. See, I need to upskill my life as well with tech and social media. So yeah. It should be, I should also be responsible for some of it. Okay. I can try and pull it over to you. There's just some things that uh, we would need to discuss on like how to do like uploading of pictures and things like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could do that for sure. So that we're both on there. Um, that'd be cool. Um, Aaron does have an enormous amount of cats in her life. Uh, of late in that she has more pictures of cats than humans on her phone. Have we talked about this before? We have not talked about this before. Well, it was pointed out to me when I was going through my pictures and somebody said, Whoa, you have a lot of pictures. Who, you know, who do you have pictures of? And I said, um, it's cats. not really a who it's, uh, I mean, they are who's. Yeah. I'm like, it's mostly cats. It's just not human who's. And they're not even my cats. They're, <laughs> oh my they're just cats I've met. Over the years. That just sounds creepier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I keep moving in with people who have cats and getting attached to the cats. And This is why you need to live your van life and travel around with your traveling cats in your van. I know. Not an enormous amount of cats. That's creepy. But like a well, cat or two. How many cats do you have before it becomes creepy? In a van? No, like in general. I would say four. Okay. Is the limit in a house. Okay. And then you've gone into okay. cat hoarding territory. All right. Especially like this house, my house, three cats is a max. Yeah. There's not can. enough space for more than three I cats. I argue because of the one, he's like equivalent of four cats in the way you that mean he, Gus? Yeah. I mean, Dino is rivaling him in that respect. He's cute. He's cute, but he is equally a menace <laughs> and um, really is insistent upon constantly being touch in, in touching me at night. Aww. Like when I'm hanging out watching TV See, or I whatever. Like yeah, it's fine. Except when I want to move. Yeah. 
Like, if I got to go to the bathroom, he, like, looks at me like I've personally offended him and all of his ancestors. Oh, I missed that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's really sweet. He's just insistent when he wants attention and he wants pets, he will <clears throat> not let you just sit. He will insist upon it. That sounds more like Lenny. Well, Lenny doesn't want give me the time of day anymore that's because true. he only likes Will now. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't give anybody the time of day. Yeah. He only likes Will now. And that's kind of annoying to me yeah. um, because we used to be buddies. He'll come in upstairs after I feed the cats and he'll like lay in the bed with me, but he'll lay at the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. He won't snuggle with me anymore. It's Gus and Dino that snuggle with me constantly. And then Gus and Dino will get in a fight about who's sitting on my lap. This is not interesting to anybody that's listening at all. I disagree. They came for murder and they (laughs) are getting cats. Um, So we got to give them, we got to give the listeners what they want. I forgot we were doing an episode. I just was lost in talking about cats. (laughs) This is why you need cats of your own. Oh, the reason I was saying that is because once again... I am leaving one of my cat friends, and I'm very sad. I still think you should steal a cat. No, I wouldn't have to steal it. I told you. it's. I, you just gotta, yeah. I don't have a permanent home you just- <laughs> that I can take it to. It sounds much worse don't than the be, reality And don't of be it. concerned. I'm not, like, going to be. She's not homeless. I'm not going to be in the. Well, I mean. She's not homeless. She has places to live. She's just living that almost going to be van life where she's traveling. She's like a gypsy. (laughs) (laughs) That got weird. I mean, in the best way, a gypsy. If you say so. I think so. Anyway, Um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to provide the cat the stability that she needs. The stability she needs is you. Well, that's sad. You just put her in a bag. Take her, take her to your mom's house. Your mom will never know. Um, if she's listening to this episode, she's going to know. Disregard. <laughs> she won't know. She won't know. She's fine with it because I'm fine with it. Okay. That's what that I've decided. Not how Your mom works. is going to be fine with it because I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what she says. Aaron needs this cat. Come on. If you love your daughter. <laughs> wow, that's not manipulative at all. I will manipulate the situation. I've learned from an expert. So anyway... Um, what were we talking about? The the episode we're oh, going to need to jump into that now. We promise we are going to do. Okay. Is this our first episode for this theme or did we do one last week? Oh, we did one last week. We did week. one last week. Okay. Yeah. So we are doing spooky historical events and this is ultra spooky. Um, so before we get into the story of Julia Brown, mm-hmm. I want to explain some things about voodoo. And I took a lot of this word for word, so total trans Disclaimer, yeah. we may be plagiarizing. Yes, we may be plagiarizing. We're acknowledging we're plagiarizing. Yes. It's in quotes. This we're quoting. Qu- well, you're not supposed to quote like an entire page. But, it's fine. But that's what I'm doing. We're so, not making any money off of this. No one's coming after us. They may someday. I doubt it. But okay. I just want to be on Maybe we'll be rich enough to not care if they come after us. That's true. This story, like all legends, actually, this is mine, contains elements of, (laughs) this isn't the plagiarized part, contains elements of both truth and fiction. I can also liken the story of Julia Brown to other misfits or peculiar individuals who were accused of of practicing the black art simply for being different, like Tichuwa. Like like any woman. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. 
Voodoo is a sensationalized pop culture caricature of Voodoo, an Afro-Caribbean religion that originated in Haiti. Though followers can also be found in Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, Brazil, the United States, and elsewhere. It has very little to do with so-called voodoo dolls. Oh my or god, zombies. there's a spider cricket under here, and it was like touching my foot. Oh, it's no. fine. It's not on me, is it? No, the cats will get him. Um, where are they? <laughs> They'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> they eat them all the time. Well, I find half their carcasses. It's fine. All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I watched Gus cower from one one time. So, well, he ate almost ate a wasp in the house, and oh Will had God. to like chase him around the house to make sure he didn't eat the wasp. It was a whole thing. Oh, good lord! <sighs> All right. So, Voodoo teaches belief in a supreme being called Bandi or Bandai, an unknowable and uninvolved creator god. Voodoo believers worship many spirits called, and I don't know if it's- just go for it. Loa. Lo- Loa is what you came up with? Well, how do you spell this? Well, it looks like L-O-A or it could be I-O-A. I'm not really entirely sure. Loa. Loa sounds fine. Loa seems right. Each one of whom is responsible f- for a specific domain or part of life. So, for example, if you're a farmer, you might give praise and offerings to the spirit of agriculture. If you're suffering from unrequited love, you might praise or leave an offering for um, Erzuli Frida, the spirit of love, and so on. In addition to helping or impeding human affairs, Loa can also manifest themselves by possessing the bodies of their worshippers. Um, okay, that's, I guess, where the whole zombie thing comes from, right? I think so. Probably. The term voodoo has become synonymous with New Orleans. Voodoo originated with West African slaves that were brought to Louisiana, and these folks merged the religious rituals with the Catholic traditions of the locals. Mm. New Orleans voodoo is also known as voodoo Catholicism. The religion is rooted in nature, ancestors, and spirits, which kind of sounds cool to me. It does. I'm about it. Voodoo became prevalent in the 1790s due to the slave revolt in Haiti when Haitians fled to New Orleans, and free people of color adopted voodoo as their practice. Voodoo kings and queens were prominent spiritual and political leaders in 1800s New Orleans. What is the core belief of voodoo? I'm glad you asked, even though I know you didn't. I'm asking. (laughs) God does not interfere with the daily lives of human beings. Rather, spirits do. How does one connect with these spirits? Through dancing, music, chanting, and snakes, which is the only part that's um, not okay with me. That's, it was like a sharp right yeah, turn yeah. into snake land. Yeah, that's not okay with me. So, so if, like, it's like the Egyptian gods. They've taken, like, a backseat and aren't really, like, hanging out in human affairs, but they have, like, little minion-y kind of spirit things. Right? Okay. That's kind of what it sounds like to me, which doesn't sound so bad. What are some common practices of voodoo? Readings, spiritual baths, prayer, and personal ceremony. Voodoo is used to cure things such as illness, poverty, anxiety, depression, and addiction. I mean, please sign me up. That's just a therapist. I mean, sounds like a therapist (laughs) with a fun, that was about to be offensive. I was about to say a fun dance, but that's not true. But you know, it's like a therapy. It's like therapy with spice. Yeah. I mean, People who are spiritual and do meditative practices do, yeah. do very similar things. So, in 1817, a city ordinance restricted enslaved and free blacks to a single gathering place mm. dubbed Congo Square, mm-hmm. which is located in Armstrong Park in the Trum neighborhood of New Orleans. It's where the slaves and free blacks would gather for meetings, open markets, and African dance and drumming celebrations. So, while the place served as a place of African worship, it also led to the evolution and commercialization of voodoo. People who gathered in the square wore animal tails and dangling objects that represented, in Kisi, an object that contains healing properties. Sweet. The lively three-beat rhythm heard at these gatherings, called habanera, is a component of jazz. 
So Congo Square, Square is often referred to as the birthplace of jazz. So there's a little, yeah. there's a little. Okay. Yeah. So again, so another sense. example of how yeah. white culture yeah. was highly influenced by all the other cultures that they stole from essentially. So Absolutely. anyway, um, <laughs> what, what, but I digress. White people. We didn't make anything cool or original. Really. No, we're lame. We, we're, we're, we're white bread. We are the lamest of the breads. We really are lame. <laughs> Um, you may be familiar with a famous voodoo queen named Marie Laveau. She was a contemporary of Julia Brown. Didn't we cover her in no, one of our we episodes? No, me- we mentioned oh. her because of Madame LaLaurie. Yeah, there we well, go. Um, so Marie was actually a devout Catholic who attended St. Louis Cathedral, and she's buried at St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. She lived in the French Quarter on Ann Street. Marie was a free woman of color who adopted children. People would stop by her house at all hours of the night seeking out her healing powers. She was known to nurse the sick plagued with yellow fever to help enslave servants and their escapees and feed the poor. And she served as a financial consultant to politicians, lawyers, and businessmen. Wow. Um, here's another contemporary here. Dr. John or Bayou John is another famous voodoo practitioner. He was a, he was a slave, a slave kidnapped from Senegal and brought to Cuba. He eventually made his way to New Orleans and became a cotton roller. He became a part of the local voodoo community and bought property on Bayou Road. He became a well-known healer, fortune teller, and was Marie Laveau's teacher. Oh. So I just wanted to reference those two famous, you know, practitioners. Because I, I don't think... So they're happening, like, simultaneously? They are. Yeah. Okay. And I don't... I mean, I, a lot of people might not have known that Marie Laveau really was real because she does sort of get kind of fictionalized in a very different way. Well, it's the same way with... Lalaurie, right? Like yeah. everyone kind of like yeah. I hate to say it, like because of American horror story, people just yes. assume it's not true. Right. And it was true, just right. not every yeah. single thing. Right. <laughs> it was a fictionalized I mean, they version. Basically of the truth. were normal folks to yeah. a degree, you know? Yeah. And she's um Marie uh Laveau seems like a wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. Okay, that just really scared me. Where are they? Oh, they have a golf cart. Aaron is referring to my next door neighbors who just rolled out of their backyard with a golf cart. Um, Do they have the dog on it? Yeah. Is there a golf course nearby? No. Why are they? Okay. No, no, I don't know where they go. That's a new trend. No, they have, have had that golf cart the whole time. Okay. There are also a few other families in the neighborhood that have golf carts. I don't know where they're going. Maybe down to the Greek. I almost said Greek. <laughs> uh, maybe down to the creek, you know, like there's like a park down there, sort of. So like, no, maybe yeah, going I know what there, I mean. But why not walk? Like, it's not that far. It's a literally a three minute walk. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. However, that dog literally, by the way, nonstop barks, and I want to like it was barking when I pulled up. I want to choke him out. I know that sounds terrible, and it's an animal, and I never would actually do that. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I, I hate dogs that incessantly bark for no reason. I heard him barking with my windows up when I pulled Her in. name is Lola, oh. which is also not a good dog name in no. my opinion. No. It's a good cat name. It is a good cat name. So, Julia Brown was known as a hoodoo priestess. and In the eight, late 1800s and early 1900s, she lived in Frenier, a small town surrounded by the Monchock Swamp. Frenier was named for the Attorney General of Louisiana, Nicholas Chauvin Lafreniere. When we discussed cryptids, this area came up when I talked about Rougarou. The Monchock wetlands are about a half hour northwest of New Orleans. Should I say Nolans? No, please okay. don't. Okay. No. I, I'm, <laughs> please glad. Don't. I'm glad. I don't really want to. No. The wetlands themselves have a spooky appeal. The pea green colored water layered with dead leaves that is covered with insects is surrounded by old cypress trees that add to the haunted mystique. 
Broken logs floating in the swamp conceal the lurking alligators. As if that isn't enough to be scared of, anyone entering the swamp should be aware of the curse of Julia Brown, also known as Julia White or Julia Black. Why all the different colors? Don't know. Is there an explanation? I don't remember. Or is it just like a general name? You don't remember. Well, you did do a few different episodes worth of research, so maybe it'll be a surprise to both of us. (laughs) Yeah. Somewhere down in my notes, I go, oh, yeah, I've explained it. Frontier used to be a thriving logging community, and it became well-known for its cypress timber. It was also known, of all for of all things, its cabbage and fur Frenier sauerkraut. Its original name was Schlosser after the founder, Jonathan Schlosser. Frenier is located on the banks of Lake Pontchartrain and the Marpa Swamp. There were no access roads, so travel was limited to boat or by train. Despite the disadvantage, Frenier, Napton, and Ruddock were prosperous settlements due to the railroad. They were self-reliant communities. The railroad was the lifeline for the town so the exports could be carried into New Orleans and sold at the French market. Because strong winds were common in the area, homes were built up on blocks eat free from the ground to deal with rising waters. Hmm. Julia Brown had once been a popular healer in the community. She had a reputation across southern Louisiana for her charms and her curses. She was also known for singing eerie songs with her guitar as she sat on her porch. Absolutely not. You lost me there, Julia. The most terrifying tune was... One day I'm going to die. Take the whole town with me. I just channeled Julia Brown. It was not awesome. Is that the tune it goes to? Yeah, I channeled her. Oh, again. I was it's like, okay. that's, that's, came, and that's actually the creepiest and that's tune. that's came out. There are different accounts of what the lyrics to the song actually are. A newspaper account from 1972 states the lyric says, Oh, when I die, I'll take half of Frenier with me. Which, oh. actually, which actually sounds more ominous. That does sound very ominous. So who was Julia Brown? I'll tell you. I don't know, but I actually know somebody with the name Julia Brown. Me too. So it's like weird. <laughs> I'm like, I keep thinking about Pretty her. Pretty common name. Yeah. According to census records, she was born Julia Bernard in Louisiana somewhere around 1845. She married a laborer named Celestin Brown around 1880. And I feel like I mentioned him before for some reason, and I can't remember why. There or, was a Celestin there was in someone a couple named, other stories so, that we did. So it must have been a common name. Wait a second. She was born in 1845 and she got married in 1880. She was older. Yeah. Yeah, so she was 35 when she got married. That's not old. I mean, for then, uh, uh, for then it was ancient. When you died at 50, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the life expectancy is skewed by the child, the infant mortality. Right? I know. Just to give you guys a little bit of information there. Um, but anyway, go back. Yes, 35. I just was like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. About 20 years later, the federal government gave Celestin 40 acre ho- a 40 acre homestead plot to farm that Julia probably inherited when he died in 1914. Julia passed away on September 28, 1915. Julia's funeral was held the next day, September 29th. The whole town attended. People came from miles away to pay their respects. It was believed that some people attended because they were fearful of Julia's premonition or curse and they hoped attending the funeral would appease her spirit. Oh, no. The same day, a massive hurricane swept in from the Caribbean. In Frenier, the storm surged 13 feet high, and the winds raged at 125 miles an hour. Residents took cover in the railroad depot, but it collapsed, and it killed 25 people. There were approximately 300 casualties statewide, and 60 alone were in Frenier and the Ruddock area. By the time the storm cleared on October 1st, Frenier, Napton, and Ruddock were completely destroyed. Miles of railroad tracks were washed away. 
One of the few survivors clung to an upturned cypress tree while others were screaming nearby as they drowned in the swamp. Oh, God. Survivors buried the bodies of the deceased in a mass grave. Oh, that's site, the worst. Yep. The site was marked and is now, guess what? The site of a historical cemetery. Um, so it's haunted. Of course. It's haunted, it's haunted, <laughs> it's it's haunted, haunted as a, shit. Haunted AF. Julia Brown's grave is separate from the mass graves about 100 yards away. The Category 4 storm seemed to come out of nowhere. Due to the isolation of the settlement in Frenier, the residents would not know a storm was coming, as they didn't usually receive newspapers. Did the storm come out of nowhere, or was it the result of a curse put on the town by Julia? While Julia was beloved by most for her healing abilities, there were some that avoided her. Some believe Julia cursed the town because she felt taken for granted since folks only called on her when they needed healing. Mm. Rumors persisted that Julia was a voodoo priestess that practiced dark magic. Julia made her home at the edge of a swamp in isolation away from the townspeople. It seemed the curse came true on September 29, 1915, when the storm hit on the day of Julia's funeral. It killed nearly everyone in sight. Today, tour guides take visitors past the rundown swamp graveyard that says 1915. It's the only thing that remains of the settlement of Frenier, so it's a ghost town. Now, the 1915 that was put there is just a prop, but it's the perfect place to tell the haunting tale of Julia Brown. Can we go? I would love to. There are claims that Julia can be seen cackling at the edge of the water. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's horrifying. Laughing is terrifying. Cackling. Julia Bernard Brown had very little formal education, but was exposed to the practice of voodoo, of course. According to a modern New Orleans voodoo priestess named Bloody Mary. Um, why, Mary? Why Bloody Mary? She told Mental Floss that she found references to a voodoo priestess by the name of Brown who worked in New Orleans in the 1860s before moving out to Frenier. The town had no doctors, so Brown most likely relied upon... Um, so Brown was most likely relied upon to heal people or... Um, Traderus, T-R-A-T-E-R-U, um, is what they call it. It's, it's a folk healer in the Louisiana tradition. She would have also served as a midwife and would gather knowledge any way that she could to care for people. Most likely she used herbal remedies, and her practices were similar to those of faith healers. The rituals involved praying, laying of hands, and medicinal remedies. These traders were common in the area at the time, and it was said that these traders would only perform these rituals if they were asked, which I thought was interesting. So she didn't just go around like imposing her abilities. It was people went to her. Julia's abilities as a healer got stronger as she got older. So that spooky song that Brown sang is also documented. Longtime resident Helen Schlosser Berg is on record saying, quote, Aunt Julia, which is, was a term of respect. It wasn't. Yeah. Aunt Julia Brown always sat in her front porch playing her guitar and sing and sang songs that she would make up. The words to one of the songs she sang said that one day she would die and everything would die with her. So there's different variations of that. According to one newspaper account from New Orleans Times, the, the Picayune version or edition, from October 2nd, 1915, Brown's funeral was described as follows. Many pranks were played by wind and tide. Negroes had gathered for miles around to attend the funeral of Aunt Julia Brown. An old Negress, now this is the exact quote, this isn't me saying these terms, but this is what the newspaper said. Mm-hmm. An old Negress who was well known in that section and was a big property owner. The funeral was scheduled and Aunt Julia had been placed in her casket and the casket in turn had been placed in the customary wooden box and sealed. 
At four o'clock, however, the storm had become so violent that the Negroes left the house in a stampede, abandoning the corpse. The corpse was found Thursday, and so was the wood box, but the casket has never been found. Bloody Mary's perspective is that Brown did not curse the town. She says that voodoo is more about healing. Locals that she has spoken to say that Julia was not the vengeful type. What I want to know is who's alive that can attest to that now. If she died in 1915, even people who were babies would probably be dead. They'd be over 100 years old. And how would they have known her? At any rate, Bloody Mary thinks we should give Julia the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the song was more of a warning than a threat or a curse. Or maybe Julia was trying to perform some sort of ritual to stop the storm. Or maybe she was like, you guys are assholes and be nicer to me. Yes. That's what I like to believe. I like that one. I like the, well, you better more, be nice to me, It's more interesting. Yeah. Tour guides no doubt have capitalized on the story of Julia Brown cursing the town as it's a way more interesting story that way. Yeah. Regardless, how terrifying would it be to hear her singing this song? Horrifying. It's more terrifying to me that it came true. I think both possibilities are believable that it could either be a premonition or a curse. Um, I can understand her cursing a city that disrespected her and used her for her abilities, but I also could see her as having a premonition and wanting to warn people. So I think either is believable. Um, How crazy is that? It's crazy that it happened. Like that a hurricane came out of nowhere. Not nowhere. I mean, now we know it's not out of nowhere, but like... She's singing this song. It's not like she's sang a one-off song. Like she's singing it and people are noticing it. And then she dies in the day of her funeral. Not the day she dies. Uh-huh. The day of her funeral, uh-huh. a hurricane hits. Oh, That's hell. just wild. Oh, hell broke loose. And like a horrible storm, not just like happened to like graze them. It destroyed a whole area. Yeah. Like that's wild. Uh-huh. That's wild. Yep. I know. What an insane story. I would like to visit that. Um, so I was never a fan of New Orleans as a vacation spot when I went, not at all. You're, I don't understand that because I fucking love that town. Yeah, I didn't really. But now that I have really been. Can you put your finger on why you didn't like it? Not really. Um, was it all like the touristy shit that got you? Cause I love the fact that it was creepy and old and historic. Well, I think the problem was I, if I were to go now, I would focus only on the creepy old historic. I think the yeah. problem was we didn't focus on the things I was interested in. And oh. also it was so damn miserable hot. And I just oh, wasn't, yeah. I had never experienced that amount of prolonged heat before. It was like 110 degrees every day when I went. Oh yeah. It was like. Well, yeah, it's the damn swamp. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's like a swamp. It's swamp ass yeah. on like a whole different level. I just level. didn't. Um, I, don't, I just don't think I was prepared for it. I love New Orleans. See, we went for Mardi Gras and I, um, we did all the like drinking in the street kind of. I like that. Mom, hopefully <laughs> you're not paying attention. The whole bead. I like walking around stuff. on the street with drinks. I was, I got a lot of beads. Um, obviously, I mean, if you know who I am, obviously I did, but, um, <laughs> I like that you immediately looked down at my chest. <laughs> did you did oh. you immediately did like a little look looky loo um uh which well, that's is creepy. Well, that's creepy it's fine it's okay they're there they're they're here you said beads um, and i just couldn't help it yeah uh, i literally had them in my like travel trunk in college and it was so many of them it was like 30 or 40 pounds of beads anyway i got rid of them because who keeps plastic beads um but anyway uh but when everybody passed out during the day 
because we were up all night. I couldn't sleep the whole time during the day. So I got up and like walked around spooky old part of Mm -hmm. like through the cemeteries and everything. Yeah. I love it. It's so great. I highly recommend going back again and doing all the spooky shit. Well, we should go what, back and then do like spooky tour. Well, that's what I would do if I went back. Now, I did do one ghost tour, which I love, but like I said, we didn't focus enough on that. It yeah. was, it was, other- it needs to be all spooky all yes. the time. Yes, I agree. Yeah. No, we should do that for sure. It'd be fun. Yeah. To go back and just do a spooky tour. Mm-hmm. Spooky tours. That's going to be our travel. Um, program for 31 nights of scary shit we is need we to. all go to new orleans we together to i don't want to invite that situation because i don't want strangers just showing up and being like i know you who's gonna show up i don't know a stalker we're not famous enough yet for that we could we? have a stalker out there and if you're listening i will not hesitate to tase your ass but before you, she tases you send us an email or he <laughs> or he he or she or they um, whoever you are, if you're stalking me, that's kind of cool, but also I will kill you or sick my cats on you. But we'd like you to support the show. Because- yes. By supporting our <laughs> buy me a coffee. Um, so yeah, no, I really appreciate, uh, that story, Aaron, that now will never leave my brain of that creepy song. Um, I'll never these be- days I'm gonna die and I'm gonna take all of you with me. That's how I envision it's like a weird Broadway musical slash right. Disney You're Pixar right. That's musical. That's no, it was probably saying. creepy and low and like this. I don't know why I like that, but there's gotta be a recording of it. Oh my god. We gotta look that up at some how point. How creepy would that be? That'd be horrifying. Because you know it's not gonna be a great recording and it's gonna sound spooky even if it was sung well. I bet you there's a recording somewhere. But anyway, it was early. They had recording devices back then. Yeah, they did. It was 1915 or 1900. So yeah. Oh my God. It's also creepy that that happened not recently, but like not in like the 1700s. Wait a minute. When did Hurricane? No, never mind. No. It wasn't in the anniversary. Never mind. No, but it was relatively close. It It wasn't Katrina 2000. I have no idea. I have no idea when Katrina was because I wasn't. I was working at. I went to New Orleans right before Katrina. So it was two. I was working at the pizza place, two thousand five, two thousand six, something like that. I think so. Anyway, anyway, we clearly can't remember historical events um, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the dates of them, we're not history majors. Um, no. Slash, it was fairly recent history, so we're just bad at dates. Um, but that's fine. On so many levels, am I bad on dates? Um, I just think it's because I was drunk for 25 years straight. Well, that probably didn't help. (laughs) Definitely didn't help. A lot happened in those 25 years and I just, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to look up when Katrina happened after we get off this thing. Um, so anyway, friends, we want you, I already did all the plugging. We just need you to make sure to be. To stay spooky. Uh, bye.